0: In every job that must be done, there is an element of fun. Fun, 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 fun,
1: fun. to wonderful. cover is not the box, I'll open it up and take a look. Ah, if it isn't the only bookworm in town. What's that word again? Inspired. by
0: or other things that you can listen to or read about involving Disney, we'll examine it here. On Notably Disney, I have showcased a variety of nonfiction genres, from biographies and art books to travel guides and history books. One topic I have yet to explore is the world of cookbooks, and today I am inviting author Ashley Kraft to be my guest as she discusses crafting a whole compendium of delectable recipes from the Disney parks. You might wanna listen to this away from the kitchen or you're gonna feel tempted to start whipping up some Disney-based concoctions immediately. Let's get to my interview with Ashley Kraft. For many folks, no Disney park experience is complete without sampling on some of the scrumptious specialties found across the resorts. Ashley Kraft compiles 100 of them into her recent best-selling title, the Unofficial Disney Parks Cookbook, From Delicious Dole Whip to Tasty Mickey Pretzels, 100 Magical Disney Inspired Recipes. And this is from the Unofficial Cookbook series. Uh, It's a wonderful resource for those who long to bring the delicacies of the Disney parks to their homes. Welcome to Notably Disney, Ashley.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Well, I'm glad you could be here. Uh, First off, I just wanted to congratulate you on the massive success and popularity of this title. Uh, I know when we're recording right now in late January, it's among the top hundred books on Amazon. It's a USA Today bestseller. Um, this is a, a lot of buzz. It's pretty remarkable and awesome.
1: Yeah, yeah, thank you so much. It, yeah, it's been um, beyond my wildest dreams for sure. so it's been it's been a ride.
0: Well, and it's only been a, a little bit since the book's release, and it's certainly um, in many people's homes, especially since they many folks cannot visit the parks right now. So it's an opportunity to kind of recreate some of that magic. And and I know through um, having learned a little bit more about you that your Disney roots um, really started off with living close to Disneyland and having some internships um, in your college years at Animal Kingdom and in the resort hotels. Could you talk more about? what kind of led you to really be invested in the mouse?
1: Uh, Yeah, for sure. So like you said, I lived in Anaheim Hills as a child. So my family always had annual passes and we lived, um, I mean, seriously, like 15 minutes from Disneyland. So we would go very frequently. Um, I could hear the fireworks from my bedroom window at night. So we were that close. Um, and, And we would just go very casually, like it was, it was just a weekday activity, not not a once in-a- lifetime kind of event. so I became just intimately familiar with Disneyland um, as a kid and that was where where my love for Disney really started and then um, I did not i did not shake that as an adult when i was in college i did the disney college program as you mentioned and my first program was working at animal kingdom i uh, did attractions for expedition everest and then my second program i did concierge at old key west and saratoga springs resorts so when i was doing when i was a concierge i really got to know the parks very, very intimately, because I was the sounding board for people to get recommendations for stuff. Because people would come to the desk to buy tickets, to make dining reservations, all this kind of stuff. This was this was back in the day before there was so much uh, online resources. So they really um, came to the came to the front desk and the concierge to get that information. Um, so I, I was able to really broaden my Disney knowledge at that point. Um, working, working there. Uh, later on, I was a Disney travel agent for a little while. So I got to keep up my craft. And um, then I started blogging in 2017, where I started making the Disney recipes. So that's where, that's where all my background culminated.
0: For sure. Well, thanks for sharing a bit more about that. And, and along the lines of, of blogging and food blogging, can you talk about your kind of the origins behind your passion for cooking, what sparked your interest and, and how that's ultimately led you to really pursue that um, in a more public light as well.
1: Um, yeah, so I I don't have any um, like training in cooking. I'm just a self-taught home cook. I love cooking. It's always been a, an escape for me. It's been something that I enjoy. Um, I'm a stay-at-home mom primarily. I have three kids. And I have, you have to cook, right? You have to feed your family. So I decided that I would make it fun and cook things that I wanted to and enjoy it. And uh, so when I started blogging about the recipes I was making for Disney parks, food items, I got a lot of really positive feedback. People seem to want that kind of content. So I just made some more and some more. And then I decided just um, in 2019 that I, I wanted to make this book, that just having having it online wasn't enough and that I wanted everybody to be able to get this book into their hands.
0: So can you maybe talk about what, um, what were some of your early experiences in trying to replicate a dish from the parks or basically put your own spin on it?
1: Yeah. I- it, it was just like, I, I had so many food items that I loved. I've always been such a foodie and going to the parks, the food is such a major, major portion of a Disney world or Disneyland visit. So I, I would just take the flavor profiles and the look of the food and, and try to replicate it from there. Typically I've had really good success with it. Um, I didn't have a ton of like holdups or problems. Uh, it was, it was always, um, it, it felt like it came naturally to me, which I think um, made me think maybe this is something that I'm good at and maybe something that I'm, I have as a, as a talent that maybe other people don't have.
0: Well, I was going to say that's pretty remarkable to be able to pick up on some of those nuances of the food you experience in the parks and be able to translate that um, from scratch essentially. How, wh- what would you account for like your, your talents and in, in being able to have that capacity because that is kind of a unique skill there.
1: Honestly, um, when I was a, a kid and a young adult, I always loved making recipes and I was, my, my family kind of referred to me as like the queen of substitutions because I would take a recipe and if I didn't have something or if I didn't like something, then I would substitute it out for something I had on hand or something that I wanted to put in there. And my family was really into like following a recipe by the book. And I was always into making it my own. And I didn't realize at the time that that was a talent that that was making recipes like that's that's where it begins is just substituting stuff out making something your own trying to identify new flavor categories and not settling for whatever you know that person made um and my family always kind of made fun of me for it saying like oh why don't you just go to the store and get the ingredient that you needed like (laughs) why did you have to sub it out um but i i Knew then that it it was a talent and it it worked out great for me.
0: <laughs> yeah, I would say so. Um, how are, is there a particular dish from the parks that you remember vividly as being one of the first that you were kind of testing out?
1: The first recipe that I put on my blog was for Le Fou's brew. That was always a drink that I was fascinated with. It's one of my go-to have-to-have when I go to the parks. Um, for those of you who don't know what it is, it's an, an apple juice-based frozen drink sold at Magic Kingdom that has um, toasted marshmallow flavors mixed in as well as passion fruit mango foam on top. So this, this drink was so intriguing to me because it both seemed... Unique as well as attainable, like something that I could make at home. So that was the first recipe that I tried, and it turned out so delicious, and it tasted just like the parks. I was so excited that I I wanted to put it on my blog because I wanted to share it with everybody because I had made this great recipe. Um, so that that was the first the first memory that I had of of recreating a Disney dish.
0: Well, oh, and a very popular um, product as well, one that I recall, you know, Disney wanting to have its own version of Butterbeer from Harry Potter. And I think if I recall correctly, LeFou's Brew was kind of in that spirit of, you know, having a very um, likable drink that people would just gravitate toward. So it sounds like that that definitely served um, the case for you too.
1: Yeah, for sure. That that was, you've, you've hit the nail on the head. That's exactly what I know about LeFou's Brew, that it was- Disney's answer to Butterbeer
0: So can you talk about I know you had obviously developed a lot of these different recipes for your blog and um, and ultimately wanting to translate this into book form how, how did you determine that that would be a viable product and something that you wanted to pursue because that's a very big effort
1: yeah it, it really um, it really wasn't something that I thought was viable. I, I went to a blogging a food blogging conference in Phoenix, which is where I lived at the time in spring of 2019 and there was a lot of food bloggers that were speaking and talking about how to do better food blogging. but out of all the speakers there was one who was a traditional cookbook author who has print cookbooks and I was very intrigued by the things she was saying, but I thought it seemed really hard. Um, I thought it seemed like, you know, anybody can blog, anybody can pull up the internet. It's, I'm not saying everybody can be good at blogging, but everybody can put something on the internet. Um, But in order to have a book traditionally published is extremely difficult and it takes a lot of luck and timing and, you know, the will of others. So when she spoke, I was very interested in what she was saying, but I just didn't think that it was a path that would work for me. So I came home from the conference and I told my husband all the things that I had learned about. And I told him about the cookbook author. He said, wow, that would be so cool if you did that. And I said, well, it just, I don't think that's, I don't think it's for me. Like it just is, it's a lot of work and it's probably wouldn't happen. It would be a lot of work and possibly not come, come out as anything and he said, well, you don't have anything to lose, just do it. And if it doesn't work out, then just put the recipes on your blog, like make, make it and then do the best you can. So I started trying to find an agent at that point. Um, and that, that I had been told is a near pos- impossible task to get an agent. So I, I did my best to get an agent. I was able to find one who saw my vision and, we started pitching to publishers um and that was that we started pitching to publishers in the summer slash fall of 2019 and we didn't really get any bites on the concept until uh spring of 2020 when adams media slash simon and schuster said that they were interested in the concept and to make it an, an, an unofficial um disney parks cookbook so that was it came full
0: circle wow that's that's wonderful and and i think what's uh, unique about your book as well is that it's very complementary to other cookbooks so i know over the years disney officially has published some cookbooks and and many of them um, focus on bigger dishes um, at the parks um, more meal type items whereas yours um, focuses on snacks and treats um, for the most part, was that an intentional focus in terms of like desserts and snacks and things that are more, um, you know, fun foods?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I I own a couple of the Disney, um, the Delicious Disney book books by Pam Brandon and um, wonderful, wonderful books. Uh, but I did feel like there was a gap in in the publishing for snacks and treats. This is the thing that I eat when I'm at Disney is snacks and treats I'm always I don't always sit down for a meal but I do always grab a treat so that was something that I hadn't seen on the shelves before and it's also something that Disney won't publish because they they can't most snacks and treats are made in bulk and a lot of them are made by third parties so Disney can't can't give out these recipes the official recipes to home cooks to make at home because they're made in a factory and then usually heated up or fresh prepared on site um, which is why they can make the recipe books for the quick service meals or the full service meals because those are all freshly prepared and some of them are made in small batch so um, that was why I felt like this book needed to be written by me at this time.
0: Absolutely. So now we're talking about s- snacks and treats and across the six main theme parks in uh, the United States. You have 100 entries here. That's a lot, of, a lot of snacks and treats. Did you envision it to be that many uh, upon embarking on this endeavor?
1: No. My, my original proposal, I think, I just went back and read it Um, recently, just to see how far I had come kind of deal. But my original proposal that I sent to publishers, I'm pretty sure I had said the word 30 or 35 recipes. I think I said, you know, oh, this book will have 35 recipes. And, but Adams Media came back to me and said, let's do it if you can do 100. So it's like, oh, gosh, wow, that's a lot. Uh, But actually, it ended up being totally fine. And there are way more than 100 snacks and treats at the six Disney parks. So I ended up having to whittle it down a bit from from all the stuff that I had found, from things that people said were their favorites, from things that I loved. Uh, so I, I hope that there could be future additions someday to add on some more recipes.
0: So what was that process like then in assembling which particular items would fit your cookbook? Were some that you had actually created before or those that you wanted to experiment with, what was that process like?
1: Well, as I had said, I, I was writing this book as a fan. I was writing this book as if, if if I went to the store and found this book on the shelf and if I pulled it out and looked at the table of contents, what would my eyes light up to see? What recipes would I like to make? And that was where I started. So I started with my favorites, and then I found like the most iconic snacks and treats. So I did a lot of internet searching. What are people talking about? What are people Instagramming about? What do people love? So I I just went with that and that filled up the 100 slots pretty fast.
0: So so talk about that process then in terms of preparing these dishes. What how how, how does someone embark on something like that? Because we are talking about a high quantity, but also a, a wide variety of types of types of treats so how did you how did you navigate that
1: it was actually really really hard and it it wouldn't it's not for the reason you think because yeah creating like 100 recipes in a short amount of time is is really hard but Um, if you remember the time frame, I signed the contract for the unofficial Disney parks cookbook April of 2020, which was peak pandemic time. And they gave me two months to write the whole book. So at the time when it was pitched, it was just a concept. It didn't exist. I had written some recipes and I had some, you know, background ideas, but nothing, nothing of the book really existed. It was just an idea. So I had two months to put together an entire book of 100 recipes, including, you know, if you've seen the book, I have many chapters also of background information. Every recipe has an introduction that has background information. So it was a lot, a lot of work. Uh, And it was really hard for me to get ingredients. Like I would go to the grocery store and try to get ingredients. And at the time there was like rationing, there were signs that said I could only have one container of milk, or I could only have one pack of eggs. So I'd have to go to multiple stores to try to find ingredients for these recipes. Um, it was a really difficult time to do so. But I uh, I ended up getting the manuscript finished two weeks early, um, which I'm very proud of. Uh, and it, it, it worked out great, I think.
0: Absolutely. Well, and I guess I'm wondering, too, in terms of trying out all these recipes, in, in terms of breaking down a big endeavor into smaller pieces, were you approaching particular recipes like each day or were you maybe handling several at the same time? What was that process like?
1: My timeline was so tight that I ended up having to do so many recipes each day. So I was doing up to five recipes a day uh, for those for those weeks, which was a lot I usually tried to group the recipes according to like ingredients so that I could only buy one set of something. So like some recipes use uh, like phyllo dough or some recipes use fresh strawberries or whatever. So if I, I would try to find any recipes that had like ingredients and try to make those at the same time. So I planned out what I would be making that week. Any days that I was overwhelmed or had a lot of other things to do, I tried to do some of the smaller recipes, like specifically beverages or like ice creams, which actually can be labor intensive, but some of them you could just kind of mix up and then freeze. So I tried to balance out like long labor intensive recipes with shorter recipes so that I could get everything done.
0: So is there a particular dish or treat that you feel is perhaps simplest for anybody who, who really doesn't have any experience in the kitchen? Because I know there's Really, a mix based on you know difficulty level and ultimately types of products as well.
1: Yeah, there's there's so many recipes in there that are accessible. Um, the The drinks are are really accessible. I the way that I make frozen drinks in this book is that you just mix the ingredients and then put them in an ice cream mixer, and then that freezes it. So you don't even have to mess with expensive blenders or ice and that kind of stuff. So I think starting with like a blue milk or doing a mint julep, those are really easy. If you're talking about food, there's a lot of variety there that you can go from. I, I tried to include a lot of substitutions for ease whenever, whenever people want to take an easy way out. I think there's nothing wrong with subbing in something easier if it's easier for you. So for example, if you're making uh one of my favorite snacks which is the barbecue pulled pork nacho fries from um from Flame Tree barbecue at Animal Kingdom. If you want to use frozen french fries and pre-made pulled pork from the grocery store and pre-made barbecue sauce and pre-made nacho sauce, that's totally fine. Like you have just created something That's delicious that didn't exist before pat yourself on the back like you shouldn't feel bad about using some pre-made ingredients that's fine everybody's busy everybody has things to do if you want to make it from scratch with potatoes and your pork from raw then i've included that as well so i think each each of these recipes has a range of difficulty in each one and i tried to include that as much as possible so any home cook can be fulfilled
0: Well, and I think that's a really positive aspect of the book um, to appeal to not only different tastes, but also skill sets. And another, um, I guess, facet that I think is really interesting, and and you've seen this too, in terms of the parks being much more mindful of uh, guests who are gluten-free or vegetarian or vegan. Can you talk about how that has factored into um, developing recipes or for folks to make substitutions?
1: Um, yeah, so I've, I've had just numberless amounts of people who have contacted me about food allergies or about, um, you know, veganism, gluten-free, that kind of stuff. I did not include those type of things in this book. Um, that just wasn't the time for it. It's possible. I mean, I would love to make an allergy slash lifestyle friendly book for Disney parks at some point. I think that would be a great book that people could really enjoy. But it has been wonderful to hear people say, I'm so glad I have this recipe in front of me because I can sub something out that I can use. I had somebody message me who said, "Um, I just made the, the cheeseburger spring rolls with impossible beef. And they were so good and it was so fun because I've never gotten to eat one before because I can't, like at the parks, they don't offer that. So this was the first time I've ever gotten to have one because I could make it with my own ingredients. And I just, I loved that, that made me so happy. I'm glad that people are able to take these recipes and use their own ingredients, their own knowledge of their needs and sub in what they, what they can use.
0: Yeah, and that's where really a, a good cookbook is a springboard for a lot of creativity and um, individuals taking agency over their own cooking experiences, too, as you described. Yeah, totally. So uh, one, one other um, aspect of the book that I enjoyed is the the notion of the backgrounds that are associated with many of the featured foods uh, foods being very thematically appropriate. Could you talk about how those images uh, came to fruition to complement the the recipes that you crafted
1: um, so I came up with pretty much all of those from my own mind I I have so many memories and backgrounds and just treasure troves of trivia in my mind that I I really just spouted those out from my own head and I just it's I'm so glad that there was a place for this. i have been just like the Disney geek my whole life, and so so often I'm saying all these weird trivias and stuff, and people are saying like, Uh-huh, okay, that's interesting. I'm so glad that I was able to write them down in something that now just exists in hardback that I can put on my shelf and be like, that is my my Disney experience right there. My stories, my knowledge. Um, all put together. So it it was so fun because I I do have memories with with these food items and these lands and these parks. And I I loved getting to put those together.
0: Kind of complimentary. Another cool feature is the basically the really neatly uh, visualized aspects of the parks in map form and where folks can actually pick up the treats at the respective dining locations. Was that something that you wanted from the onset? Or did that kind of come through uh, through the process of developing the book,
1: it was something I always wanted. It was not something I thought would happen. Um, I had included that as part of my ideas, but I don't have I don't personally have artistic skills, so um, I didn't know if if that would would work or not. Uh, but but Adams Media hired uh, an independent illustrator to make those maps. So I'm so happy about them, and people have really really loved them we've gotten wonderful feedback on the maps i i always like to say that disney every everybody who goes to disney disney should have a snack map that's what i've called it for years is a snack map because you you know where the rides are in your head but do you know where you know the cream cheese pretzel is like this is important information that everybody needs to know uh, so I'm I'm glad, I, I hope people are taking a picture of it with their cell phone and then can pull it up when they're on their trip, because probably nobody's carrying the book around the parks with them, but then they can look and see where where the items are so they can go grab them.
0: Absolutely, a really good resource. And as you're talking too, Ashley, I'm thinking you, you mentioned that there were so many, so many beyond the hundred that were featured in the book um, that obviously people enjoy and regularly consume at the parks. Are there any particular um, dishes or treats that you were thinking of including, but ultimately did not in this edition?
1: I've just had, um, I I mean, I I really do have people message me constantly asking if this or that is in the book. And um, there just wasn't space for it. One that sticks out in my mind is um, like ooey gooey butter cake from... I've had several people ask for that. So I know that I would I would include that. I also think just adding more seasonal foods like the Christmas and the Halloween, I just wasn't able to put a ton of those in. And I think people love, like that's, that's the time when people are throwing parties. Like I think that this book really lends itself well to um, having people over and celebrating. So if you could do, if I could have more holiday or um, Halloween, or, you know, what a summertime, like recipes that people can look up and say like, okay, I'm having this kind of event. I think that would be great.
0: I, I like the notion of that. And it actually makes me think of a recent book that debuted by Disney Editions on holidays and the parks and decorations and that whole flair. There's definitely a, a big segment of the Disney community as you know, who appreciates um, thinking about all aspects of the parks, depending on time of year.
1: Yes, for sure.
0: So Ashley, kind of thinking back now that you're on the other side of having developed um, this cookbook, what did you learn most about yourself through this process in terms of your um, capabilities or um, Disney knowledge or whatever the case may be? Are there some takeaways that are salient for you?
1: I've really had a lot of imposter syndrome while I've been going through this journey. I think that I keep telling myself I'm not good enough to have done this. I'm not, um, I'm not the person who should have written this, or, or I don't have a I don't have a culinary background. Like uh, some people are going to get upset about that or this or that. Um, but I think that like, the proof is in the pudding. Like it, it, it literally. Uh, people have been loving the recipes, people have been loving the writing and it's been just selling like crazy. So I just try to tell myself that like, it doesn't matter what I think about it. It matters what other people think about it. Like everybody loves it. And I just am so happy about that. So I've really learned to appreciate myself a little bit more and to give myself a little bit more um, slack <laughs> and not be so hard on myself. Cause I do, I do have those moments when I say, you know, this, this is not happening. This is not real life. This is wild. This is so crazy. And I can't believe it's happening to me. But it's been, it's been really special.
0: Well, that's wonderful and, and well-deserved. And something tells me that this is uh, not the end of your, your journey as a, as a Disney cookbook author. Do you have other projects in the works that you can talk about?
1: Yes, I have one project in the works that I can talk about. I have a brand new book that's going to be hitting shelves in in 2021 that is going to be called the unofficial disney parks drink recipe book so it's going to be all your favorite beverages from the disney parks and if you thought 100 recipes was crazy this one has 130 recipes so it was a dizzy to write every single one of those has a background uh introduction on it uh, it's got wonderful chapters everything it's got maps everything that everybody has loved from the first book book—it's going to have more pictures than the first book. It's going to be a, a great companion piece, um, for, for the first book. Um, and, and that actually will be available for pre-order probably in the next week or two. So, uh, be on the lookout for that. And, um, I don't have a, I don't have a exact date for its release, but I think it's going to be fall.
0: Oh, that's very exciting, and I yeah, 130 or So that's that's a lot. <laughs> so I imagine <laughs> there there were uh, there was a lot of blending and brewing going on. I would imagine.
1: Yeah, I I, uh, I literally blew out a blender, an entire like the I finished the last recipe and then the blender just like gave up the ghost (laughs) the whole thing cracked I was like okay well hopefully everybody doesn't make 130 drinks in a row like I did uh you know give your blender some time to rest um but yeah like like you're mentioning it it's it's has six unlike the unofficial Disney Parks cookbook which is broken down by park the uh, drinks book is broken down by drink type so the chapters are going to be Um, Lemonades and fruit drinks, slushes, um, coffees, teas, hot chocolates, cocktails, mocktails, and dessert drinks like milkshakes and floats. So, something for everybody, and I know everybody's going to love it.
0: Yeah, I was going to ask you if there would be a milkshake chapter. So, I'm encouraged to hear that's in the mix, no pun intended.
1: The milkshakes are crazy good, so, so fun. my kids I mean, I'm their hero now.
0: oh, I'd imagine i and I imagine once you know once the pandemic's over, the whole neighborhood will want to come over too for those for those treats by you.
1: I know it's been so sad because this whole this whole journey has happened during the pandemic, as I stated, so i I wasn't able to share. The food that I had writing the first book and I couldn't share the drinks that I had for the second book. It's just like, man, we need to uh, get get this Corona done with so that I can uh, open my door and let people come have the extras.
0: Yeah, well, I, I'm, I'm definitely sure there's going to be a, a even greater base of people who who will want to have the recipes from the author herself, and um, I'm excited to hear about that book as well. I have to ask though, will there be a, the peanut butter and jelly milkshake from from '50s Prime Time?
1: That's already in the unofficial Disney Parks cookbook, so you oh, are well, good to right.
0: go. That's right. That's right. That <laughs> was not there. You know what? It must have just been on my mind. So maybe
1: yeah, I know.
0: Uh, definitely, other um, other milkshakes from the studios come to mind too, because I know there were some good ones at um, Sci-Fi Dining, among others. So,
1: well, you'll have to you'll have to see you'll have to see when it uh, comes out.
0: Such a tease, and, and obviously a, a reminder <laughs> for me to to check out the milkshake in, in your first cookbook. Um, see, that's the thing when there are a hundred recipes, you you c- continually make new discoveries
1: it's true i i do that too like i've had i i get messages every day from people showing me what they're cooking and i love that love 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 it um if you if anybody's listening and makes recipes at home please tag me on on instagram at ashley.crafted because i love seeing what you make but i sometimes like will literally forget about a recipe that i had and i'm like oh wow that's awesome <laughs> that looks great because uh, it's been it's been a long time, and there's so many that it's it's hard to hard to keep track of them all.
0: Fantastic! No, it's true, definite treasure trove of concoctions. Before we conclude, um, and and definitely making sure that the listeners can follow you on social media, I'd like to conclude with some uh, Disney music and book related questions. I know you're a big uh, Disney fan, and by no means are these trivia related. It's all of your opinion. So, are you ready? ready okay so we're going to start off with some music questions ashley uh, what disney soundtrack did you listen to most while growing up
1: um i i am such a disney parks nerd that i really like listen to the music from from the parks like we bought the disneyland soundtrack and i have phantasmic from like the original phantasmic completely memorized as well as um, electric light parade was going when I was a kid. So all those, all those uh, Disney park classics, that was what I listened to the most.
0: Can't go wrong with that by any means. Really good choice. How about, is there a Disney song that recently became stuck in your head? Uh,
1: probably. Um, the one that, that comes to mind is go the distance from Hercules. I think that that's such an anthem to people who, like I was saying, might be going through an imposter syndrome or feeling like they can't do it or not quite good enough. You can go the distance, you can do it, follow those dreams.
0: Oh yes, that definitely fits under the motivational category. Um, Next question is what Disney film do you feel has the most underrated music?
1: Brother Bear, oh my gosh. I'm obsessed with Brother Bear. I cannot believe that Phil Collins wrote soundtracks for Brother Bear and Tarzan, and Tarzan everybody talks about constantly and nobody talks about Brother Bear. I'm like, hello, Phil Collins.
0: Yeah, On My Way is a good like road song so, for sure. So
1: good, love it.
0: Great, on the book front, um, what is the most recent Disney-related book that you've read, other than your own, of course? <laughs>
1: um currently on my nightstand i am reading the uh the book from the the star wars high republic i love star wars i'm a huge star wars fan so i read a lot of the star wars novels um so i'm reading the new high republic book and i also recently read phasma and black spire which i definitely recommend
0: lots of fiction there for sure very nice if you could if you could write a Disney book on any topic other than in the vein of cookbooks, because obviously that's your specialty, um, what would it be about?
1: I am obsessed with the backstories of attractions. I think that the, the setup that if, if you went and talked to an attractions hostess at each attraction and asked what the backstory is, you could sit down and have dinner with that person. Cause they are so, so, so detailed, but almost nobody actually knows those stories. When I worked on expedition Everest, the story was so detailed. They even like, I, I don't know if you know all this, but like the queue for expedition Everest, you walk through an office and you walk through an office to go through the Fast pass Line. And those offices are held by a man named Bob and a man named Norbu. And they are proprietors of the um, Himalayan expeditions. And, you know, the, these stories are so in depth that I wish I could go and interview people from each of the rides and tell that story.
0: That sounds like almost a novel in the making, Ashley. Just talk with Joe Rodi <laughs> and get further inspiration, right?
1: Right. I know. Seriously. That'd be awesome. I would love to write it and I would love to read it.
0: Very cool. Well, and of course, you'd have to create original treats that fit within the setting that aren't already offered in Asia. So,
1: oh, that would be so fun. Now, now we're talking, you know, I need <laughs> to like write this down. Sheesh.
0: Inspiration. Hey, gotta That's love it. That's
1: right. I'll credit you.
0: Yeah. <laughs> just in the acknowledgments. Yes. Uh, <laughs> So the last question for you is a creative exercise. So it's a random question. I do not, I always mix it up uh, with every guest according to the topic. So if you could create any original treat for the Disney theme parks, that's inspired by a Disney character, what would it be and where would it be sold?
1: Okay, wow, let me, let me think about <laughs> it for a second. Sure. I love this <laughs> um my my mind er- just automatically went to Kronk because Kronk from Emperor's New Groove is a chef and he makes wonderful foods in Emperor's New Groove that have not been seen at Disney parks so I think doing a Kronk-inspired menu that specifically would have some spinach spinach puffs and some explosive drinks uh, would be really fun, and I think uh, the guests would love that.
0: So my only question is, would they do the happy birthday song as well with the whole with the whole gang? <laughs> happy like happy, in the happy film? birthday
1: from all of us, do you?
0: <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. So Kronk's spinach puffs. I would definitely sign up for that. Um, yeah, that's so
1: good.
0: Very cool. Yeah, there could be there could be a spot in the park in one of the parks. Maybe I don't know. Maybe Animal Kingdom. But the problem is that's that's more Central South America themed um, in terms of the location in the film. So that's hmm. true.
1: I was thinking more of a um, like Halloween party stand, like doing oh. a pop up, like a pop up for the Halloween party, and then having all the um, Emperor's New Groove character meet and greets there.
0: Okay, I, I like it. Uh, let's hope Disney's listening. Yeah, um,
1: bet they are.
0: <laughs> Ashley, it's um, been a pleasure to talk with you. I want to make sure that listeners know where to find you um, and also purchase your cookbook. Can you share some details?
1: For sure. Um, I have uh, a website, ashleycrafted.com. Um, you can check me out there or um, I'm most active on my Instagram account, which is ashley.crafted. So please come and follow me there. I I love to hear from from you all as well. And I I famously repost everybody's stuff. So please show me what you're making. Um, If you would like to buy the book, it's available on Amazon, as well as any other bookstores that you typically buy your books from. So you can ask uh, your local book retailer if they can order it for you, if they don't have it in stock. Uh, Barnes and Noble carries it. As well as Simon and And you should also be seeing it on Target shelves next month.
0: You you know you've made it when you're on when you're at Target, right?
1: <laughs> That's what I say. I know. It's I can't believe it. Next, next we're gonna try to get it in Costco, right? That's when you really know you've made it.
0: Absolutely. Well, um, much continued success to you. Congratulations and, and thank you again for your time, Ashley. Much appreciated.
1: Thank you, my pleasure.
0: And thank you again to Ashley Kraft for joining me on Notably Disney. Again, the cookbook is entitled The Unofficial Disney Parks Cookbook from Delicious Dole Whip to Tasty McGee Pretzels, 100 Magical Disney Inspired Recipes. And this is from the Unofficial Cookbook series. Thanks again for joining me on another episode of Notably Disney. I invite you to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. Follow me on Twitter at bnachmanreports, that's B-N-A-C-H-M-A-N, reports, and be among the first to find out about the release of new episodes. I also encourage you to send me an email to NotablyDisney at gmail.com regarding your thoughts of the show, as well as suggestions for content. So until we turn the page on another chapter, I'm Brett, and thanks for listening to Notably Disney.